Well, it's been some weeks, I guess. Probably more than some. But, um... I know I told myself I wasn't going to succumb to laziness this season. And, you know, there was last season I made it the whole way through making my predictions and stuff. But, um... The uh, Piss Cats just, you know, they're not... Well, now we are accustomed to the basement. But before, we weren't. And... It's, we're still getting used to it, so I think that's got a big part of why I gave up on everything. Because in Albany, our love for the sport conquers everything else. And I don't really think a lot of people understand that to an extent. And you'll never understand it until you wear the piss cat on your chest. But we will be back next season. Um, I apologize because I know that... You know, 12 guys like listening to my voice every week for about half an hour. But it was tough. It was tough to just sit there and look at my fantasy team. I mean, I really did try to turn our season around and it didn't work. We got fucked even worse in the end. It was just tough to lose more than once in one season. Not a game. Just like the fantasy gods repeatedly just... You know that scene from 13 Reasons Why in season two where that Tyler kid got... That's what the fantasy gods did to the piss cats this year. Anyway, enough about me. Oh, side note. I'd like to also make a formal apology to Gary Clark for um, the piss cats. Um, Brutal comments that they've made and hence of things not going their way, they tend to take things out on the commissioner. And others who agree with him. And that is by no means right. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry, Gary. You're a very good commish, dude. But you know what? I, sometimes I just get a little upset. You know how it is. You know how it is. You made me smash a vase through my TV before. So this is nothing. But it's okay. Okay? I'm sorry, but it, it's okay. <sighs> So I'll be completely honest, I have no clue in the slightest what direction I'm going to take this episode. I'm making it up as I go. But, um, I know that everybody else, obviously, because of another, look at me, this is, what is this, the fucking Suck Gary Clark edition of the show? Well, Clark made a great, um, idea, basically, when he put that new playoff pool predictor thing everybody probably knows about now. So, um, that's a cool way for you to get your you know league fee paid for next season if you're smart and you know what thinking of the piss cats i had i honestly don't remember my exact record because i kind of gave up on everything and but i'm assuming i honestly was about like got the games correct on my predictions about 65 percent of the times maybe close to 70 which isn't terrible but um yeah so i am gonna give out my i know that i don't know if this is illegal maybe it's not I don't really care because you know what? It's fantasy football and the playoffs. We've seen literally the dumbest things happen ever. So, like, I ain't about to say, like, you can't use my fucking bracket. I don't care. I'm sure, like, a lot of people are going to have similar ones anyways. There's only eight playoff teams. Anyways, let's get into it. So, you know what? What I'm going to do right here is I'm going to give you guys the breakdown of my bracket that I sent in. I mean, 
I don't really have to tell you that I sent it in, but like I'm not going to give you a different bracket than the one I actually picked. I'm going to tell you from the heart, you know, what I went with. So in our first matchup, we have Adam and we have Ben. It, um, you know, let it be known that Clark also mentioned, which thankfully he mentioned, because I always forget whether our league works in the bracket style or if it works by standings. I always thought it was standings, but apparently it's not. So that's good to know. But coming to think about it, it's just more so that we have to see each and every week for the next three weeks some mangled stuff happening. And here's another thing I think that's flying under the radar a bit. Fantasy playoffs will not halt because of the real-life COVID situation. Not that I look forward to it because I, if I would be in the playoffs, I'd be literally shitting my pants because of the COVID situation now. Um, I already didn't like it in the season with some of my players. I didn't get hit with like it too like that bad. I obviously had some, but I think everybody did to an extent. But it's more so the fact that in the playoffs now it's a complete different story. I'd be holding my breath. I'm holding it in the toilet bowl. So I don't even want to imagine the playoffs. No, I really don't give a fuck about the toilet bowl. We're all irrelevant. But what I'm saying is that's going to be something that I can't predict. <laughs> you know, I can't predict that. And much like fantasy playoffs, you really can't predict somebody going off. You can't predict somebody getting hurt and fucking... You know what? It happens. But the COVID thing is, I think, like a whole new type of game. But make the mistake. I'm still going to do my best here. And you know what? Let's hope that I can get my fucking league paid for because it's really nice when... You know, a hard-working man like myself who sits on his ass all day has to go and give $40 to watch the Fantasy Gods. I'm not even going to bring up the 13 reasons why I've seen again. That's honestly probably going to get this taken down. But you know what I mean? It was... uh, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. Okay, fuck it. Not important. First game, though, we do have Ben and we do have Sandy. And what I did on this was because of no disrespect. I think Sandy said it best. Um, he's going to go in here. He's going out with his head held high if he loses because of a playoff appearance. And you know what? He did grind the season. It was going to be, it was never going to be pretty for the eighth seed. But you have to give the dog fuckers credit because that's three straight years with a playoff berth, he said. So that's pretty ideal for him. So mm, I do know that Ben isn't too thrilled about Nick Mullins having to lead the way. But I think if you look at the rest of his team, it's, it's pretty damn impressive. So, I mean, I think I'm going to, I'm not think. What I had was Ben winning, and I'm going to stick by that. And I don't really have, um, I'm not going to really do scores as much as, you know, I could pull a random number and throw a .5 at the end to sound like I know what I'm talking about. But no, I'm just going to say that I think Ben's going to win this one. I think more so the fact it's just like, I honestly really like uh, the running backs that Sandy has now. Um, Damian Harris, Kareem Hunt, and Cam Akers. And he's got, like, Henderson, too. But, I mean, like, I'm more so a fan of Cam Akers. He also has Gus Edwards on the bench. So, you know what? There's some wiggle room there. So, if I'm Sandy, honestly, I don't know if I'm ever going to play Jacoby Myers over Gus Edwards. Something to look at. But I think that this is actually going to probably lean heavily towards Ben. I just think there's going to be one or two of his running backs to pop off. So, yeah, I give it to him. Next, we go... Trends versus Brody. And honestly, this is one that I think, like, I wouldn't let the projections sway too much. I know Nak is saying, yeah, have fun getting boned in the first round. But I'm honestly looking at some of um, Trenzy's matchups that he has going down the board here. I mean, Cincy with Amari Cooper, that could be a good one. Especially considering, like, 
Amari really has been like consistent all year. I wouldn't expect him to just not show up all of a sudden. But if it happens, hey, I've seen worse. Uh, like to an extent, you know, I think it's not really. It's rare to see somebody with the name of Kiki ever become relevant in life. But I mean, Kiki Kuti has managed to pull it off. And let alone the fact he's starting on a playoff roster this week. And you know what? I think with his performance last week, it was honestly a pretty good go of things. And I think you saw that he actually has some flashes. But I think it's also kind of risky to just throw him in there right away. Especially when you have, um, well, I guess to an extent you you don't have that many options. But I do love Jamison Crowder whenever like he's fully healthy and whenever Darnold's fully healthy. I always find that's just a great combination. But it's on Trinkler to see what he wants to do. But I am going to give this one to Brody. I do not think that Trent is going to get bent over like Nax says. But I do think it'll be a little bit too little, too late for Trent. And I think that he honestly is going to have to maybe somewhat be holding his breath. Because... Actually, I think I just clicked... No. No, I got to... What I'm saying is he might have to be holding his breath. Because to an extent, I don't know if he'll be winning. But... Obviously, Brody has some players on the Ravens. Um, I really don't think you're going to see him play uh, Hollywood. But, you know, I don't know if something happens throughout the week. Some shit pops up, right? But if it still, if not the case, he'll have Lamar Jackson and Dobbins playing on Monday night. And obviously, Trent's butt cheeks will be clinched. He'll be watching to see what happens. And I figure it'll come down to that. If Brody's already winning by then, well, it's going to get ugly. Anyways, I have Brody winning. Sorry, Trink. It's love, but... Not enough. Next, I have Neil and Richards. And, um, yeah, this is honestly looking like it's going to be a pretty damn good matchup. But, um, to me, in fantasy football playoffs, I think a thing that always goes under the radar by many people is I always find that, well, I guess in some cases you'll see somebody like Fernella, he has Derrick Henry. You've seen Derrick Henry steal around, steal a game. Well, actually... Pretty sure somebody lost when Derrick Henry went off that one year. I honestly don't even remember. Anyways. Um, but his flexes. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if he's bluffing. Because he could easily be bluffing. I don't really see many options on his bench. But like I said, he could easily be bluffing. And he could... I don't know. But... He's, <coughs> oof. Wow. That one got me, brother. But... See, here's what I want to s- s- look into. Because... Neller, this was a team that was a powerhouse throughout the year. Um, But I think, you know, it's just like you kind of look at the situation that he's in this week and why is Chad Hansen starting on Neller's team? Like, oh, okay, well, I guess I forgot about the Randall Cobb injury, but this guy's played one game. I don't care. That's still a risky play. He could easily play really well, but just to see that on Neller's team, I think is pretty weird. Um, but you know what? That I think is a little concerning. And I mean, Christian Kirk on the opposing end is really, really inconsistent. So I think those flexes scare me a bit. They do. And I think that also like Tyler Higby's also been really inconsistent. And that was a guy I was high on coming into the season at the tight end position just because of how hot he and Goff finished last year. But I still think that those three right there, like I just don't think those are guys who should be starting on a team like Neller's. Like Neller is a powerhouse in this league, and I just don't imagine those guys starting on a team that's considered a powerhouse. I'm going Richards. I think that Richards honestly has 
um, more of a completely balanced starting lineup. I know that you can look at Denzel Mims and maybe think like, you know what, Denzel Mims isn't nothing special. Two catches last week. But I also think that he has time to, you know, come up with who he wants to start. I think that uh, New Orleans could honestly probably have a pretty good go against Philly. And if they get up early, I, I, I mean, it's hit or miss with Lat Murray also. But that's another option I think he could look into. And Rashard Higgins is honestly... Baker really does favor him. I mean, if you look at his numbers, obviously he's not going to be putting up wide receiver one numbers, but I mean, within the last four games, he has been above 14, three out of the four games. And one of the games he had 14. And I mean, he does get targets. He's always been kind of a guy that Baker trusts. So, I mean, that's another option I think Rich could look to. And of course, Henry Ruggs, who has the speed. Obviously, you can think about how last week you can thank Greg Williams for his production. And I know Knack is a big fan of Greg Williams. But I'm going to leave it at the fact that he has options besides Denzel Mims, who I'm not completely sold on. But that could also work out in his favor. And other than that, I mean, Ty Johnson... Last week, he obviously played really well when he was taking the bulk of the loads. That could Obviously, he had a pretty big carry too, but I mean, he had volume. And I think that's something to watch going forward if they're just going to give him the full volume this week. I think he's going to absolutely go way over his projection, especially against Seattle defense. Um, and then it's just, you know, I was, and it's something that I think um, I talked with BG about also, and it's just like BG was honestly scared to play Rich in the first round too because... Who the hell wants to fucking play Russell Wilson and DK against the Jets? I honestly am going to give it to Rich. I think that alone is scary as hell. But I think on top of that, I think that Ty Johnson's... um, I guess when you put it to the fact that the Seahawks could be blowing them out, then maybe Ty Johnson won't get as much, you know, work in the trenches. But I still think, like, you'd have to imagine they give him most of the work. And other than that, down the line, Rich has a solid squad. I mean, if Deontay Johnson can stay healthy for a game... Could be the difference maker, I guess. But you know what? Sorry, Naller. Naller, you put together an absolutely amazing fantasy team. And I will obviously... I don't come at you dissing you. I'm just giving my honest opinion that I think Rich is going to win. And it doesn't change the fact that, you know, for the... More often than not, Naller can put together a powerhouse. And I think the only thing that might be his demise is this Kenny Galladay injury. And I know you'd be thinking, well, come on. You can't even really fucking hop on Naller's case for injuries. Like, look at this team. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying if he had Kenny Galladay in that starting lineup as well, it'd be, it'd be pretty insane. But I'm going to give it to Rich, and I'm going to stand by that. And then next we have Clark and we have Joe. And I think that C-Mac is coming back for Clark, so that's the whole team right there. That's huge. He sounds like he's 100%. He sounds really positive, and he sounds like he's ready to get back out there. So you know what? I think he's going to be regular C-Mac. But honestly, it's just Moose has been just as much of a powerhouse. And the thing to me is just like... When it comes to fantasy playoffs, we have seen running backs obviously go out, but it's almost like the type of receivers that Moose has on his team, they can literally, any of them can just go completely ballistic on you and just lose your game. And that's why I think Moose, despite the fact he's got Chase Edmonds, who, you know what, to an extent, hasn't been the greatest in recent weeks, but going back a little bit, he was actually pretty consistent when Drake was out. They obviously aren't just going to completely eliminate Edmonds. He's a guy who's getting touches. You have to play him. And Delvin Cook alone usually makes up for about a shit running back in his points, too. Um, 
Yeah, I think the Clark also did a really good job, though. At the end of the stretch of the year, he made some trades that, you know, potentially could have been tough because it's always tough to let go of the bigger name and a guy like Mike Evans, but I think he made the right move for his team. He put up really good points last week, and I'm not counting him out in the slightest in this game. It's just I think there's way too much firepower on Moose's end when it comes to the receiver position. I mean, I really like um, Nuke at New York and uh, Jefferson at Tampa. I honestly have a feeling that the Minnesota-Tampa game could honestly have a lot of points scored. And it gives me that sort of uh, feeling for that game. And even if it isn't, if the Bucks come out and they get a really big lead and we start seeing a lot of... Um, how can I say, when Minnesota sort of rolls with somewhat of an up-tempo and Jefferson likes to get rolling during those times. And, I mean, you also have to remember, whenever Dalvin's getting the ball out of the backfield, he's just as much of a threat as he is when they give him the ball inside the tackles. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like when they're losing or winning, it doesn't really matter with Dalvin just because of how much he touches the ball regardless. So he's just going to be like, the X factor for Moose going forward, and that's pretty impressive with a guy who has Mahomes, Nuke, you know, a lot of other guys I could name, but I think Dalvin is mainly the guy who Moose is going to have to lean on, and I think Moose is going to win. So, obviously now we can't look at the matchups and stuff. I was looking at the fantasy app, now I have to kind of go back on the spreadsheet for round two, and it's Ben versus Brody, and the other matchup will be Richards versus Joe. And when it comes down to Ben versus Brody, I think a thing that kind of scares me more so with um, Ben's team, I think is the same thing that's with him. It's just Nick Mullins. And obviously you can think that the San Francisco 49ers can easily be losing a game and Nick Mullins is going to have to throw a lot. That's what Benny's going to have to kind of hope for. But on another like way of looking at things, it's more so the fact that you have to compare... Tannehill is a good fantasy quarterback and so is Lamar Jackson. That right there is just a tough... It's just a tough matchup to lose right there. And I think Brody just has like an absolutely insanely deep roster that's kind of not really went under the radar, but I think it's just kind of like not really getting um, the ultimate respect it deserves. Um, to an extent, I think Brody has absolutely placed himself in contention up there with, you know, the obvious, I think many people consider the top four consensus teams of um, Neil, Joe, uh, Brody and Ben. I think definitely Brody's one of the stronger out of the four now with some tr trades he's made. Um, and I think above all else, it kind of just depends. Like, you have to remember that receivers, I think, are more likely than not, especially a guy like Tyree Kill, who just goes absolutely ballistic within an instant. We just saw it, like, two weeks ago, and that was the game. It was just, it was just a matter of time before something like that happened with Tyreek, Right. When it comes down to it, I think it's just the fact that Brody can have a guy like Dobbins at his flex, who I think is the guy is he's got to be like a one huge touchdown run away from maybe Gus, not Greg, Greg Roman waking up and going like, okay, let's start giving him more carries. Because do I really think they're just going to completely abandon what they have going on? I honestly don't know. I feel like they've come this far in this season. It's to me, sort of concerning that they haven't already done gone with it, as everybody with eyes sees that Dobbins is just the best back there by a mile, it just doesn't seem to fucking click in Roman's head. So that's something, I still think Dobbins is a great fantasy play, because he's honestly just blowing plays left and right, and every time he touches the ball, it's just an explosive play waiting to happen. But I think that being able to have someone like that at flex, and then, I mean, you know, he honestly just has so many, like, options, like, really solid fantasy options... Benny obviously did a really good job 
with his team this season also. Um, you honestly have to remember if Josh Jacobs is back <coughs> by next week because that could be huge for him. And um, Gallman has to honestly perform really well. And Mike Evans, despite the fact he's a really, really, like, he can absolutely pop off too. There have been some games this year where he's been really inconsistent too. I think it's more so just you have to rely on maybe two of Ben's running backs just have to pop off, I think, in that game, and it'll be really, really close. But I think, like, the flexes in general, like, if Jonathan Taylor has a game like he did last week and the week before, and obviously in the Tennessee game, um, I don't... Was he not inactive? He might have... I think he had to have been, right? But you know what, though? I know a lot of people have been dissing Jonathan Taylor this year. But if we're being completely honest, I haven't given his stats a really good check since week one. And I, there was one stretch between week eight and week 10 where he struggled. Other than that, this guy had absolutely respectable fantasy starting numbers as a running back. Like, I don't really know where that shit came from. So I was always high on Taylor, though, and Dobbins coming out but anyway yeah and then he has Eckler who I forgot about James Robinson it's just Tyreek Robbie Anderson there's so much firepower it's and it's like if he gets hit with an injury he still has Hollywood on the bench and Perriman and Antonio Brown and he also has Jordan Wilkins if something happens so it's just like he has the backup he has the two really solid defenses that he can roll with and just play Brody did a really good job I'm picking Brody in the semifinals to beat Ben I think Benny put a really good effort in this season but I still think it's He's just going to come up a bit short. I know I've been talking to Benny all year about his fantasy season. And he put a really damn good team together, top to bottom. And you have to remember that Chubb injury didn't do him any favors in the season. And it was just... But he didn't really drop many games. And that, to me, was kind of... Like, he was playing some games with 1QB and stuff. And he put together an 11-2 and regular season. Like, that's pretty damn impressive. I still think he can even beat Brody. But if I honestly just have to pick one, I'm going to pick Brody. I think that's just his... Starting lineup, it just has more firepower. They both are just juggernauts, but I think Brody definitely has more firepower as of right now. And that means the next game is going to be Rich versus Joe. And I honestly think that'd be a really, really good game. But once again, there's something to me about Joe's receivers. And I'm not even talking just Jefferson. Like, I'm even throwing Claypool into the mix too because I think he can literally pop off any game. Like, he's honestly just a big play machine too. It's scary. That's a team I would not want to play on fantasy because it's almost like every time they're on one of those receivers are on offense, you just you look down for one second and look back at your phone and they could get like 10 points out of nowhere, like 30-yard catch or something else. You know, it's Moose has obviously been a guy to sit on his team. He hasn't made the most trades. And those two running backs that he has with Corderell and Edmonds can really... They can be the, the changing factor in whether he actually does do what I'm predicting him to do and which is go to the finals and I think he is going to be rich and just depends if he can literally get minimal not even minimal production just like half decent production uh, from those two running backs as in Edmonds and Patterson and then just rely on his receivers to carry the load and Mahomes it's kind of what he's been doing and it's been working and then whenever Edmonds or one of those other guys goes off it's just cherry you know it's just a cherry on top so it's just like I honestly think that Moose and Brody will be meeting in the finals and um, if I had to pick a winner, I'll say for the first time in league history, we'll have a back-to-back champion. And, uh, yeah, I think Brody 
I mean, obviously, I know fantasy football never usually goes with the strongest team on paper or, you know, the top seed. But the thing with Brody is, like, he's not the top seed. And although I personally think he has the best team right now, that I don't really think, you know, it doesn't mean, like, it's by a mile. And I don't think everybody knows that. There's, those teams at the top are really close. I think in terms of just big names, you know, I think I just kind of like Brody's better. I think I'm just more so high on his flexes with Dobbins and Taylor. I love that. And, you know, I could be very wrong. And I guess, you know, what do I have to give my uh, bonus question? I said 750 points for those finals combined. Um, yeah, why not? But yeah, you know what? I actually did 750.5 because I'm very smart. But, you know, I honestly think that it doesn't really matter this season. Because for the Cats... They will be back stronger than ever, but it doesn't really matter if you're in the fucking toilet bowl swirling down into the sewers. So, anyways, I would give you well shit, but you know what? Like, everybody's going with their gut this week. And I think that's how it should be in the playoffs. Um, you know, to Rich, Brody, Ben, Neller, Clark, Truns. Joe and Brody, I wish you guys all luck in the fantasy football playoffs. I know that they are very uh, nerve-wracking. I miss the thrill of it. I miss the thrill. It's been two years. I miss just actually, like, you know, being that into it. Like, I always am into it, but it's just, like, a different dynamic. Everybody knows. Um, but the best of luck to you all. Ferlano, Knack, Legro, eh? Wow. And myself. Nobody gives a fuck about us. Okay? I'll see you guys in August. Piss cats. Out. Huh, I'm back already. Not August. I'd also just like to bring up... Um, I'm unsure either whether there will be another show at the end of the season. I think there will be. I'm probably going to make some sort of... Um, Maybe an awards show. It'll be after the playoffs. I've given you my playoff predictions. And maybe next week and the week after I can make like a little quick 10-minute weekly recap video uh, podcast. I don't really know what I'm going to do about it yet. Kind of just depends. We're going to see where everything goes. I really hope for a good week and like some exciting games. Maybe some upsets and see some things that I think isn't going to happen happen. That's what I love about fantasy. Seeing the shit that I would never imagine happening. Proving myself wrong and just seeing shit just hit the fan. And I think that's what's going to happen this weekend to an extent. I think, especially as I mentioned before, with COVID and everything, this is going to be the weirdest playoffs we've ever seen. And there's going to be so many people getting, I think, the shaft. And I also think we're just going to see, like, weird shit. Like, it's just not going to make a lot of sense. But I also think it's going to be something to watch. And I think that, uh, by all means, the Cats plan to be back there next season. If we are three years in a row in the basement... We definitely have to contemplate our, our uh, you know, GM position, which is myself. Might just have to, you know, call it quits, maybe. I don't know. I can't call it quits, but it, it, I would just hit, like, a very deep stage of depression, probably. Anyways, um, once again, best of luck to everybody this week. Nobody cares about us in the toilet bowl. And yeah, I probably will talk, I'll make another podcast next week, most likely talking about 
what happened on, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever all the games are. I don't even know anymore. But you know what? Stay safe. God bless. Thank you for listening if you did. As I stare out into the moonlight, Tom 10's podcast.